At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 219. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? I'm having a beer. I don't usually have this often on the show, but I'm having one today for no good reason. I'll decide that I have one. And I want to drink one. That's it. That's the whole reason. I'm an adult and I can do those things. Yeah. See, I was just going to say, it's fun being an adult when you can make decisions like that. It's like, I want to, I'm going to do it. Like I had way more cookies than any human probably should after dinner tonight. But you know what? I'm able to make that decision. So I did. Is my stomach going to be bothering me in an hour from now? Highly likely, but that's a problem for future me. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to tell my kids I'm making these choices because they would just immediately run downstairs and call me hypocrite because I tell them that they can't do these things. But you know what? Damn it. I'm an adult. Ha! Exactly. What's going on with you, man? Um, I've had a weird day of having to re-record things. So uh, at Oof. the day job on uh, at Odds Checker, uh, we had tech I- issues, so had to re-record a show it was only a, it was it's quick it was like seven and a half minutes but I had to re-record that and then i was doing another spot and i basically i said uh, i don't want to get too technical here but i sent the wrong channel on my board to record so like there's two channels recording me and the other person and my voice is there and the other person's voice isn't because i had the wrong channel set so i was like damn it and that was like a 15 minute spot so Screwed up two things today, but so far so good for eyes on aisles. I checked. We're looking. We're looking okay so far. <laughs> a minute forty in, and we have not screwed anything up technically yet. Uh, and, and on the technical side of things, um, plenty of podcasts to go where that could in fact happen. Um, but that that does. It's so easy to, to have those things happen. We are like, oh, I hit the wrong bleeping channel uh, all the time. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, all the time. Just frustrating. but. Um, Let's get into something here that doesn't happen all the time, and that's goals against the Islanders. Yes. Ilya Sorokin, Mitch, supposedly, well, not supposedly, very much so has proven that he is not a bad goalie. Um, Apparently, after two starts, people were hashtag done with Ilya Sorokin. But, uh, well, here's his numbers after six games, which remember how bad he was early, keep in mind. 9.33 save percentage, 2.33 goals against average. So... Uh, starting to even out a little bit, wouldn't you say? I would say so, right? <laughs> He's above 900 in the last four straight starts. So since those two sub-800 save percentage days or games, he's above 900. And in three of those, he's above 974. <laughs> he's allowing 2% or less in the net. <laughs> and it's not like he's just facing 
10, 15, 16 shots. Now 32, 26. That's a little low, but whatever. 42. And he's stopping all but three of them. That's it. That's insane. Yeah, that's good. That's really damn good. Which is what we saw last year, right? Like, this was the same thing that happened last year. The situation was clearly different, right? right? Like, the start that he had and the shaky start he had wasn't just seemingly out of nowhere, right? He started that first game out of nowhere, though. Uh, and so he was not ready. And then the second one, well, he probably should have been. But he slowly worked his way into it. Where was What we're seeing here again, it only took two games and to be fair, I don't know if you can blame him on most of those goals. Like, the defensive structure, which is supposed to insulate him from as many high-danger opportunities as possible, just collapsed. Yeah, it, it wasn't great, obviously. And there were, there were... There may be some that you could pin on him, but, I mean, just what he's... He just looks more comfortable, too. Like, that's the thing that has stuck out. I, I know that that's not something you could necessarily quantify and point to like oh this stat is telling me that he looks more comfortable but just watching him he, he looks to be moving better tracking the puck better and putting himself in good positions to make saves yeah exactly and like I said just a second ago with the defensive structure breaking down you see over the last couple of games the defensive structure try like not trying but starting to stabilize. They're still not great. They're still not perfect. They're making some mistakes. No, Dobson is you know still getting body bagged in front of the net on a way too frequent frequent basis. But when it comes to the defensive structure that they operate and that's limiting high danger opportunities, they're doing so. And you see that in in a telling way. And I'm trying to bring it in as as I talk here, but it's shot distance. The distance of shots that he is facing, he being Ilya Sorokin, is getting further and further out. So in the first two games, I still don't have the number in front of me. It was in the low 30 feet. So 33 to 35 feet from the net. In the last couple of games, it's like 36 to 39. So they're shooting on average three to four feet or six feet further. That gives him time and sometimes usually it gives him vision and that's all a good goalie needs yeah you would think and i mean he's been a slow starter too we we talked about it last week i think we pulled the khl numbers i don't remember which show we did it on we do way too many shows here but we pulled the numbers and he was a slow starter there uh in his first two years here he's been a little bit of a slow starter but just kind of getting into that groove is perfect and the Islanders really needed him to get in that group because they didn't have the safety yet at the time of Semyon Varlamov and clearly they didn't want to go to Corey Schneider as you know they played uh Sorokin in back-to-back starts which is very rare I don't know if we've seen that in the Barry Trotz era I'm trying to remember off the top of my head usually they they split especially on the back-to-back so uh, the fact that they doubled down on Sorokin after his big performance and he did it again against a much better team, it was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you're absolutely right. Like, they don't really have back to goalies don't get back to backs. I think the last time we saw that in an Islander sweater was Thomas Grice in that like nine game road trip, right? Where they absolutely would not, for the life of them, start Chris Gibson. Right. That, and that was different. They were in a playoff push, too, at that point. And that was pre Barry. Right. We're not talking at the start of the year where, you know, it's not that a loss doesn't matter. A loss doesn't hurt as bad, um, but they would not for the life of them start Corey Schneider. And they have not and will not start Corey Schneider um, for the for ever. It's just not going to happen. 
what unless they absolutely have to they're going to play him he's basically their emergency backup goalie yeah which is which is fine he's pretty much just a body right now but uh that might not matter at this point as Simeon Varlamov is activated off of IR exactly right so uh, I just want to get to the these shots here because I finally pulled it up at five on five it's even worse than I thought shot distance the average shot distance that Ilya Sorokin faced in the first two games 29.77 feet 33.74 feet and in the last two games 38.88 feet and 41.35 we're dealing with like seven to ten to seven feet difference respectively from the first two games to the last two games it's clear that the Islanders' defense is able to keep that that offense or whatever the opposition is bringing offensively to the outside, which now brings us to we now have Simeon Varlamov back. Right, that's a huge deal. And, I mean, Sorokin did his job. Yes, it started rough, but you're telling me without your quote-unquote number one goalie, I know it's a fi- pretty close to a 50-50 split, but Varley, I, you would have to consider, is the one who would get the little bit of a nudge here. Without your number, again, your quote-unquote number one, 3-2-1, and 9-33 and 2-33, even with the slow start, I think you sign up for that every time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, the slow start sucked, 100%. But again, you can't blame that just on Ilya Sorokin. That's a whole team thing. And now, like you said, you get your number one starter. And again, yes, it's more of a 1A, 1B situation with like, let's say 55 45 split and that five percent difference either way uh is going to go towards whoever the hot end is over a couple of games um but you're getting back goalie who in 35 starts finished with a 204 a goals against average a 929 save percentage and seven shuts out laddies shutout last year that's a pretty damn good goalie to just kind of like putting him back on the team what? Yeah, that's incredible. Led the league in shutouts and led the league in goals saved above average with twenty two. And finished fifth in Vezina. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't get it. They they value wins too much. That's a conversation for a completely n- another day, though. Right. Like he is at the very least, he finished fifth. He's a top five goalie in the NHL last year, and he's coming into a team that's could use that. And it's not to say that they don't have it with Ilya Sorokin. They're getting great goaltending from him. It's to say that now they've got someone to pump to put in there just in case Ilya Sorokin isn't any good on one of those nights. Cool. We can call in our Vezina caliber goalie. Yeah. Great. Yeah, sign me up in a second. And and so they just keeps both guys a whole lot fresher. Right? When you could alternate like that and not just put the load on one guy my goodness. And and you can trust that guy. Again, right? It's not kind of like Barry's going and rolling the dice saying, like, I hope to God Corey Schneider remembers he's a good goalie today. And with all due respect, like, I'm sure he's still a good goalie, relatively speaking. But he's 37. He's got quite a bit of miles on that body. Like, it's just not the same thing anymore. So you do take a risk if you put him out there. They don't have to do that with Simeon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. It's it's really just kind of like let me roll the dice to see who plays today and what goal is going to give me a 920 save percentage night. Right. And I wanted to look at the playoff numbers for the last two years because, uh, well, Varlamov was very good in both playoffs. He had a 922 last year and a 921 the year before that. 256 goals against and 214 goals against in the bubble. So uh, he's put 
you know, steady performance after steady performance in both the regular season and the playoffs in big spots. And really the Islanders, they're at their best when it's the one, two punch, when they're able to keep both guys fresh. So this is just, it's perfect. Right. And and we have to remember that the Islanders getting back a Vezina caliber goalie, I'm not going to say means more than other teams, but kind of carries a little bit more weight just because of how the Islanders play. Again, they operate on a, you can have the puck as much as you want because we know you're not going to get much for it. And even those opportunities you do get, our goalie is going to stop it because we've got two essential Vezina caliber guys out there. Whereas another team, it's more relying on, let's say, offense or, or, or something else. Uh, of course, they would like to have a visit a caliber goalie. But when it comes to the, the Islanders, that's what they rely on. They need that. If they don't have strong goaltending, they aren't going to be as good as they can be. No, that's the point. Is that's their It's their bread and butter. This is what they're good at. They beat you by playing really good defense and getting really good goalie play. And missing half of that with the goalie play, uh, it's going to be... It's going to be a big impact. I, I, there's no way. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, it's it, it means a lot. So it's it's good that Varlamov's back. And do we think? Do you think you see him right away? Do you think they keep going Sorokin? That was my very next question. Do you think they play him on Saturday at one thirty? By the way, come on. Yeah, one thirty on a Saturday. What are you doing here? That's a tough start time. Uh, we'll have you covered, obviously. But it, it's I I don't like that start time at all. Um, I'm going to say yes. I think they do. You think they put him in right away? Yeah, I think that I think they do. I I don't I'm going to say no, not just because I want to be different because uh, I don't really care to be just like I'm going to be different for different sake. Um, But I just feel that he's got he being Sorokin has too much momentum going right now. And why not give Sorokin an extra, or sorry, Varlamov an extra day? And by that, I mean, like, he, he still skates and he's going to be on the bench type of thing. And if he needs to step in, he'll be ready. But you've got a guy who's working on, on two shutouts, or back-to-back shutouts. Um, that, that That's something you, you don't really toy with. Like, that's just too good to be like, sorry, we're going to play the guy who had a, his toe hurt or something like that. Yeah, I, I see that side of it. I think the fact that they activated him earlier in the week kind of shows like, okay, he, he's ready. I think he's going to get his reps in. Uh, and they, they just want to get back to that one-two punch. I mean, Sorokin did his job, but I think, you know, Varley's got to get his reps in too. So I think they're going to want to get that going as soon as possible. Yeah, I was wondering if there's anything to them activating him when they did. And I, I didn't look into it any more than just like that passing thought. Like, why did they do it on? Was it on Monday that they did it, or was it Tuesday? The the week is blending together. I think it was right now. I want to say it was Monday. So wh- why Monday instead of Thursday? Right, like two days before the game type of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I imagine that I, I guess for them it doesn't really matter on the cap so much as how much they save on a daily basis. Uh, but if they ever get into that sort of situation where it would matter, then why the heck not? But they're they're not there, so it is what it is. I think it's just us kind of like Lou was just kind of ready, going like, all right, well, you're good to go. Might as well get it done now. Yeah, at this point, it was just, okay, we're, we're going to do it to do it. And um, yeah, I think he plays right away. Uh, but more of the story, I'm excited to see him back on the ice because frankly, I mean, he's been a really good goalie for the Islanders the last two years. I know we were kind of all, you know, as a fad base, sad with how Robin Leonard's tenure ended. 
And, you know, they obviously decided to go with Simeon Varlamov instead, but Varlamov has been a really damn good goalie for this team. Yeah, I think you can do both things. You can be sad that Robin Leonard is no longer here and be happy that Simeon Varlamov is doing well. You should, but that's a very nuanced take, which doesn't (laughs) happen very often. That's true, right? Everyone's got to take a side and stick with it no matter what to the death. Um, damn it, I love Robin Leonard too much to like any other goalie forever and ever. Amen. Be like, well, you know, it's not Simeon Varlamov's fault that the Islanders decided to go and get him. Right. They, they were going to give him $20 million. You think he's going to say no? No, of course not. Any, anyone would be like, yeah, you don't realize that I'm crap, right? Whatever. I don't get me. You know I'm not going to say that. Just give me the $20 million. And it, I think it, I think it worked out. So absolutely. Uh, we'll take that. Anything else on uh, Simeon Varlamov before you want to move this thing along? No, I, I think we hit on the big things here. Like they get a guy that they can throw in every other night or not even like essentially compete for a spot. But we know that he's got one um, and it's a Vezina caliber goalie that, that, that we're tossing in there. So like it's all good, baby. Everything is good here. Absolutely. Uh, as for what happened as we're recording this yesterday, by the time you're listening to this, probably two days ago at this point. Uh, once again, Mitch, Lou Lamarillo broke my brain. He, he, he stunned me. I don't, I don't know why, but, um, yeah, Ross Johnson got another four year contract extension. I want to preface all this chat by saying I'm not upset that he got a contract. So if you, if you leave whatever I'm about to say with you're upset and you shouldn't be upset, that's not the case. It's just confusing. Yeah. Or, or weird, right? Like the whole situation is, is weird and doesn't seem as necessary as this deal makes it look like. So with that, Ross Johnson gets four years and $1.1 million per. He gets a raise, a $100,000 raise to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's got it like, this isn't hyperbole, but I'm, I genuinely believe this i would love to find this i just don't have the time to dig through all this but i would imagine he has to be the only player in nhl history to have less than 90 games played and have signed two four-year contract extensions probably right probably it it might very well i don't again it's the look the, the contract value is variable Yes, yeah, of course. We all agree that you can bury $1.1 million in the AHL. Cool. Absolutely. Um, we understand that it's waiver. What, what's the word I, I kept seeing? I can't, I can't think of it now. Like essentially waiver proof as in like you put him through waivers. No one's claiming that, which right there and then is a big kind of like, why are we doing it then? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, um, that's one way I, to look I get, at it. Yeah. I get that. But like outside of that, you're going... Why do we have to give him four years? Why? I don't know. Because what I wrote, and part of the reason why I was confused by it, and again, it seems like the process in Lou's mind is, okay, we don't want to lose this guy in waivers, so we'll sign him to a long-term deal, even though it's $1.1 million, so no one's going to take it. And I I, I under, I get it. But at the at the same time, like, you know they're not letting Cal walk. They're going to figure out a way to get Cal back for the remainder of the Matt Martin contract at a minimum, I would think, the two years. So it's not like it's, oh, he's going to be the the Cal Clutterbuck replacement and play on the right side with them next year. I don't think they're breaking up that line. So 
you're locking in your 14th slash AHL forward, I guess. That that's the thing. I, I keep seeing like people say that he he being Cal Clutterbuck is going to retire. He's thirty three, turning thirty four in November, I believe, November eighteenth. I think yes, uh, he's turning thirty four. Uh, he's going to retire. Maybe it's yeah, it's certainly possible. I don't know if that's likely. Uh, Cal seems perfectly fine right now. He's not really sporting any other injury or new injury, I should say. Like, the back probably isn't as good as he would like it to be, so I'm sure that's possible. But are we really going to say that we want to see Matt Martin and Ross Johnson on the same lineup, in the same on the same line, night in, night out? No, I don't, because with Cal, he's able to kill penalties and provides a little bit more than what Matt does. Matt and Ross are are very similar and, and Matt is is the better player no disrespect to Ross I think and the thing is here like I think Ross Johnston could be a fourth liner on a, and have like a regular role as a fourth liner on some teams in the NHL Islanders just have a fourth line that they're perfectly comfortable with and don't have any inkling of changing that's the confusing thing that's really what it comes down to. It's just like it doesn't seem like he fits with what they what they're doing. And I know everyone says, well, they they clearly disagree with you because they gave him four years. And like, okay, cool, fine. fine. Um, but they had two chances to play him this year, right? Matt Martin's played four of a possible six games. They, being the Islanders, played Matt or Ross Johnston one of those games for less than six minutes. So they were fine with not playing him at all for another one and playing him for basically half of what Matt Martin does. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to combine last year, so that's, what, 62 regular season games? He has 13? Yeah, like, I don't... It's Again, it's not to say that Ross Johnson is a bad player. Ross Johnson should not be re-signed. It's, could we not made this even waiver eligible or waiver-proof by just giving him an extra year? Yeah, probably. Was four years really kind of like, oh, I don't know. What about three? What about two? Was two more years on top of the one he's making now? Like right now, I think is already too much. Right? Maybe not because it's it's a one-year deal. But you give him one year or two more years. Do you think someone's like, I don't know. That's too rich for my blood. I don't want to get into three years of Ross Johnson. I just need him for this year. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason, right? Teams don't want to sign up for a 13th forward at $1 million that they could find somewhere else. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I don't think I'm nearly as confused if it's a one or a two-year extension. And I know we're kind of arguing, I guess, over semantics at this point. But it's still... I, I just came away very confused, and it was just a bizarre, out-of-nowhere move, which, I mean, I guess is very Lou Lamarillo, so we shouldn't be necessarily surprised. And it's not like I'm not going to you know, bash Lou to the end of time for this. I'm just saying that I was confused by it. That's the main point that I wanted to get out here. Yeah, and so look, if we're, if we're going to play devil's advocate, and that's kind of what I want to do here, mm-hmm. looking at it from a couple of years ago even, when the Islanders signed Casey Sezikis and even Cal Clutterbuck to their deals. We all said, what? Why are you paying that kind of money to that type of player? 
Why are you giving that type of term to that type of player? I remember typing out the article for the Casey Zegas contract and everyone was like, I don't get it. doesn't make sense. It's a lot of money for a player that his role. Does anyone regret that contract right now? Specifically for Casey Zegas? I know you, everyone might say it differently for Cal Clutterbuck. No. Right? And then he re-signs for less. And then he re-signs for less. Casey Zegas does. Unbelievable. Um, we thought the same thing then. And so there's something to this, right? The team clearly likes him. The uh, Lou Lamarillo clearly likes him. Barry Trotz clearly likes him. He referenced him as, as a potential Tom Wilson-like player. I, I, I don't see it. No. Like Tom Wilson was a first-round pick. Ross Johnson wasn't even drafted. It's not to say that undrafted players don't go, um, don't don't become something. It's the, the the data or the stats weren't there at any level to ever say that he could ever be something more than what he is. Which is fine. I mean, again, he could be he could have a fourth line role on some teams if you want a player like that. I again, I again, it goes back to Matt Martin's not going anywhere. Casey Zekas isn't going anywhere, and even though Cal Clutterbuck's contract is expiring. I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think he's staying. I think so too. Unless that we know for certain that he's retiring at the end of this deal, which isn't something that's certain. I don't, I don't see where he's ever going to find a consistent role. Now I applaud him, right? Like kind of the same way with the the thing we said with about Simeon Varlamov. If someone's going to hand me and let's say I'm Ross Johnson, $4.4 million over four years to stay with an NHL team, I am signing on the dotted line with the most permanent marker possible. Of course. Like not even a laser can take it off. Of course. And, you know, he has every right to. I have no ill will towards Ross for signing it or I really don't. I think the common misconception is that I dislike Ross Johnston as a player, which I don't think is the case i don't believe that i do i'm just again i the the logic of this one doesn't add up to me so look we were all worried and not not we but like a number of people were worried that there, there was going to be a duplication of efforts between anders lee and kyle palmieri right where both players are going to do the same thing while on the ice we literally have that situation happening and we're all going like this makes a hundred percent sense and i'm not kind of confused even in the slightest what, what are we talking about here? We were worried about the same thing on the same line. And then we're kind of like, let's do that in 22-23, please. Let's get two players that play the exact same game, except one of them is only trusted to do it half as good as the other one or half as often as the other one. And that's cool. I'm not confused at all. What? Yeah, I don't know. Good, a good guy, probably a, a great teammate, all that. It's just that one, I... I audibly guessed when I saw that release on the Islanders website. And and I think we really have to just come back to the fact that if he's being, well, how how do I want to say that? If teams are weary of, of Oh, that that's too much. I don't want to bring that on. Then maybe the Islanders shouldn't have done it. Right. If you're throwing, this is a better way to say it. If you, this is waiver protection to ward off other teams from him because you know, this stinks too much for other teams. Why are we so glad to do it? Oh, no. That's that's the confusing part. Again, it's not like I don't want Russ Johnson and this is a bad deal and we're going to regret it from day one. It's just kind of like, look, if 31 other teams are saying like, oh, that's too much for me and we're kind of like, oh, let's do it. 
isn't there somewhere where we're like, ah, maybe there's something to this? Yeah, that which is, I, I think, completely reasonable point to bring up here. So that that's that with Ross Johnson. I, I hope he plays. I hope they, they find a way to make that contract worth it and that Ross Johnson can make us eat our words without using his fists. Um, and, but like, I, I just don't see that happening. What if he knocks Tom Wilson around a couple times this year? Oh my God. Oh my God. That Tom Wilson narrative. I can't stand it. Oh, he's out there to protect us against Tom Wilson. No, he's not. He's played six games since 2018-19 against the Washington Capitals and has played like 20, I think I measured or I counted, it was like 20% of the time that he's on the ice, he shares the ice with Tom Wilson. So of six of 16 games since 2018-19, Ross Johnson is suited up to play the Washington Capitals and has only been on the ice for 20% of those minutes when Tom Wilson is out there. What the hell are we talking about that he's Tom Wilson deterrent? He is not Tom Wilson deterrent. No one is. Can we please stop focusing on Tom goddamn Wilson? There you go. Strong words from Mitch Anderson on the Tom Wilson and Ross Johnson discussion. Like it's 37% of the time they've played to the two teams have played. He gets to suit up and then 20% of those minutes he's out there with Tom Wilson. Um, And it's not like the Islanders don't have other players who could step in and do something if need be. Right. Like what are we, what are we doing here? And it's, again, it's not to say, what are we doing? Why are we keeping Ross Johnson? It's just like, why does it have to be four years? Completely fair. Do you want to get into down on the farm and what's going around in prospect land? Absolutely. Uh, l- last week was a pretty good week for prospects, specifically when it came to William Dufour. William Dufour is, I'm just bringing up the stats here in my little stat sheet here. Um, D, Mitch, D. Um, he now has 15 points in 10 games. 15 points in 10 games. Nine of those points are goals. He's basically a goal per game player at the QMJHL level. That's good. That that's good. And like it, it's a scoring league, but you don't get point per game freaking players. Goal per game. Sorry. Yes, goal per game players. Like that's wild. Wild. Like 15 points in 10 games at the QMJHL level? Sure. Absolutely. And I don't think he even leads the league in terms of points. Uh if if I bring it up right now. But when it comes to goals, Oh my God! You don't see that type that that type of goal scoring at that level necessarily. So if I do goals, he leads the league in goals. There's no one up to him. Uh, there's two players that are at eight goals and a bunch of players at seven. They've all played ten games just like he has. So no one's even close to him. When it comes to points, he is third in the league. Sorry, fourth in the league in points. Three points back of Theo Rochette, who plays for the Quebec Ramparts. Okay. Williams Dufour is killing the QMJHL level right now. Killing it. We love that. And he got some love last week in terms of the redraft, right? Absolutely. That like this is a kid that you 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 have to take and then was a quarter prom and took him 55th overall. That's a 100 point jump basically. He went 152nd overall that year. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Right, you're you're talking about a fifth round player that he thinks should have been taken in the second round. Now that he's looking at things, oh my god, a year out, only yeah. one year out. Right, a huge difference, big time jump. Love that. 
Now, of course, grain of salt here, this doesn't mean that he's going to be Sidney Crosby or even Alex Ovechkin. He steps into the NHL and just can't stop scoring goals. It's, of course, entirely possible that that could, I mean, not entirely possible. It's possible that it could happen. But what is more likelier to happen is that his path towards the NHL just got a little bit more uh, certain. Certain is the word I want to use. Again, it's not guaranteed that he's going to get there. It's just with this type of production, he's getting a lot closer. He's certainly worked himself into a pro deal. Once he's done here at the end of the year, he's going to get a pro deal from the Islanders. There's no question about it. Which is good. We, we want to see that. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, um, Alex Jeffries scored his first goal. He still keeps doing the thing he's doing there. That's a fourth-round pick the same year. Um, I guess if we want to look at the 2020 draft, Alexander Leonkrantz is doing okay, but not as good as the two guys drafted immediately after him. Um, and then we have a Russell Ishikov. I just spoke with him today, and he's doing better. Uh, I don't know if he's back yet on the ice, Okay. Uh, but he's had some extra swelling in his foot, I believe, or, or, or liquid, I think it was, which is what kept him off for another three weeks. But that was two weeks ago, so he should be nearing game readiness and ready to get back to um, playing with Adler Mannheim. Okay, that's good. And then outside of that, there's not a whole lot. Obviously, the Aturatu situation just keeps getting a little bit more weird. He didn't get game time today, and the, the coach basically came out and said, like, he's just not good enough. Interesting. Okay. Which is, is something, like, he's above 50% Corsi. He's, uh, he, he put up a point in his last game and didn't play after that. Um, so, like... They they won, so they're, they're going to hang their hat on that. But, like, it was a penalty shootout, and then they won against a team that, you know, it has quality but isn't really kind of showing it as much in the Pelicans. Okay. That's a weird situation. I don't quite get that. Right. So, yeah, not a whole lot there. Like, uh, I, I'm checking in with, with him as we speak. And, um, well, obviously, it's nighttime there in Finland. But, um, yeah, like, I don't want to kind of burden him too much with this stuff because... <sighs> It does matter. These things do matter, but I don't want to make it to be like, I need to know your micro decisions and, and everything that's happening day on, day out for you. Like, I, I, I would rather him just, just focus on, on just playing hockey and, and practicing and getting back to it. Um, but I, I know Islanders fans aren't really keen on him not playing right now. No, of course not. Isles Twitter is upset about it, and understandably so. It's their prospect who was just taken in the second round, had a good camp, and now his coach overseas is saying that he's not good enough. It, it just, it doesn't add up from a logic perspective. Yeah, he's not good enough to break into that roster. Apparently, even as a third line center or or even as a fourth line player, um, playing nine to twelve minutes a night, he's apparently not good enough for that. I I don't know what the line is for good or not good enough. Yeah, the points aren't there, but you're playing him sixty three percent of the time in terms of number of games played. What do you expect? And then you play him, you know, nine minutes a night. But um, it is it is what it is uh, at this point. Uh, I, I put up a video, though, uh, and I just I'm just it's not published just yet, but I have to hit the publish button after this. Essentially telling Islanders fans and Carpot fans like we have we're at the same place. We want the same thing. We want this kid to develop for Islanders fans. I threw in a little nugget there when it came to Noah Dobson. Like, we have to remember in 2019-20 when the Islanders brought him in, he barely played. Right. right. The only reason he did play is because Adam Pellet got hurt. If it wasn't for that, he would have not, he not, 
he certainly wouldn't have finished with 34 games played, even in that shortened year. No. There's no way. Yeah, no shot. So, like, that's basically the situation that, that um, Aturatu is in. It's they don't really feel like sending him to the U20 level because maybe they don't feel like that's more beneficial to him, although I disagree with that. Uh, they feel like it's maybe more beneficial to just keep him around the Liga side and kind of practice with that squad and be part of that squad rather than going to the lower one, which is what happened with Noah Dobson. Again, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that seems to be what they're operating on. Yeah, I uh, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I, I get it. Yeah, so... Um, and that that's pretty much that when it comes to the prospect pool. Like the, it's kind of quiet over the last couple of days, um, just because during the week there's not a whole lot of action. Tristan Lennox, actually goalie, third round pick in 2021, seems to be injured. Uh-oh. We do not know the extent of said injury, but he isn't playing today, and seems to have picked up a knock in the last game. So we'll see what's going on there. Okay, something to keep an eye on, but that's not good. We don't like injuries. Right. So that's that. All right, let's get to the quiz. Let's do it. As we do every week, we have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. So the clues, you have five of them. They get progressively easier as we go. The mystery Islander has nothing to do with the show numbers. So if you're one of the older listeners, just maybe chiming back in again. Has nothing to do with 219. Yeah, 219. Right. Okay, so Matt, are you ready? Let's do it. Clue number one. I was born October of 1989. Younger than I am. Josh Bailey. Yes. Oh, let's <laughs> go. How some, did you know? Some How quick, did you know the birthday? I know. I know. Well, I did some quick math from that draft class. I know he has an October birthday. Let's go. Wow. Okay. Well, I did not know. <laughs> Usually birth date is just kind of like, eh, I'm never going to guess that ever. So, wow, good job by you. Um, two, I was signed on my 19th birthday. Okay. So that was the second one. Three, they traded down to get me. I was going to say they traded down twice, but I feel like that would have given it away. Gotcha. Um, four, I'm now 10th in franchise history for scoring. Mm, okay, would have got it there. And five, they have a song about my ability to not score. Oh, okay. I, I like I like those clues, Mitch. I'm sorry I ruined your party by doing, doing it on the first one. Your clues How are very good. How dare you be smart? I, I, I'm sorry. It's rare. It's very <laughs> rare. I don't do that stuff very often, Mitch. Usually I'm on the, the losing end of these. Exactly. Well, is that, there's no losing end. It's all for fun. And so I'm glad you got it in the first one because that makes, makes you have to think a little bit harder next time for those first clues. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, let's get to the social segment, see what's going around on IELTS Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? First comes from Steven Persaud. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I want to say it in French, so that's why I kind of stumbled a little bit there. Tweeted out, uh, and so everyone knows who Steven is. She's beautiful. Hashtag IELTS, hashtag UBS Arena. And it's a very well-framed picture of the UBS ice with the seats. The banners are up. The scoreboard is there. And I can't effing wait to step foot in that arena. Mitch, as you know, I've said it on here, and I've told you personally that my girlfriend lives in Queens, so I drive on the Cross Island past that building a lot, and the la- just the last few times, it starts to it's starting to feel a little bit more real, Mitch. I cannot wait to get my butt in the seat on opening night. Can't wait. 
No, it's going to be incredible. It's going to, oh God, it's going to be such a good day. Can't wait. Less than a month away. Less than a month. Wow. That'll be here before we know it. Absolutely. My first one comes from at Islanders only on Twitter, and it's a video of Ilya Sorokin and Anthony Beauvillier together doing a post game. And Sorokin goes to answer a question, and like he's not talking into the microphone, and Beauvillier kind of just turns the microphone to him, and he just kind of looks at him and goes, oh, thanks. But I don't know why, just the, the exchange of him going to answer Bo's reaction and then Sorokin just acknowledging it was just so pure and i just i don't know if you haven't seen the video watch you'll get a you'll get a kick out of it it was very warm it was it wasn't just like oh thanks like a passing thanks it was like he reaches out taps him on the shoulder a very warm like oh thank you kind of thing like it was the warmth of buddies type of thing and it's exactly what you want to see all good things um, last one here from me, and maybe I, I brought this up last week. I, I, I they're blending together the weeks, and it's um, the, the Islanders have a new dog or the the new uh, guide yeah. dog, yes, and yes. they have an official name now, and it's Monty, uh, or or Mont, I guess for Belmont, um, which is, is fine. But I was really kind of going for Murph. Yeah, the story there was way too compelling. That was way too easy for the Islanders, and the fact that it went Mont was had to be surprised. Yeah, I was a little disappointed uh, to hear that. Um, I, I thought we were going to get it for, for Murph, which would have been just too perfect. Um, yeah, that's a that's a bummer. I wish they went with that. Um, my last one is from at Isles Fix, and it's hashtag Isles Goal Song at Notre Dame, the Anders Lee effect. And obviously, I don't, I don't know who from Isles Fix, but somebody was there uh for Notre Dame USC and they were able to get the their I guess the stadium was playing the what is it crowd chant is the song I guess Joe Sirianni oh yeah Joe Satriani yeah 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 yeah. um and there's a video in the background so Islanders are everywhere even at Notre Dame there you go uh my my last one isn't Islanders related at all but it's about what is unfolding in the NHL right now um, with, with the, the super incredible, courageous, and brave um, act today by Kyle Beach. I can't, and, and of course he kind of, maybe not had to, but he felt like he had to because he was basically outed anyways because the report was so poorly laid out um, to hide his identity, that is. But like, what an ordeal that is finally, maybe not finally, but has come to some sort of conclusion um, it may not be satisfactory, and it probably isn't because there's still a couple of loose ends there. Joel Quenville is still coaching a game tonight, which is insane. But like, what a courageous act for from the, from that man! Um, hats off to him and, and everything he went he went through. Like, no one should ever have to go through that. Believe survivors. Oh my God, that that, that shouldn't be stated out loud. The if you haven't seen the 25 minute interview watch it it's a difficult watch mm-hmm. it was very difficult to get through um but it was extremely powerful and um it was it was just it was a very well done interview and i echo everything you said he the the bravery from him was remarkable i could not even imagine i just i couldn't oh, i'm doing i'm doing it now the fact that he apologized he Kyle Beach apologized uh, to that that 16 year old or maybe not 16 year old the Michigan I guess player who was yeah. assaulted by Aldrich he apologized what does 
oh my god what are you no you shouldn't have to do this I but know. like he still he still has the wherewithal to know like maybe there's more I could that broke I my heart oh my god it was it was so much again like you said if you haven't watched it do it it's uncomfortable but but get comfortable in getting uncomfortable because it's necessary yeah no absolutely um I was glad that that I watched again I'll say it again it was, it was tough to watch but I was glad that I did and I think you would mm-hmm. too if you saw it uh, so before we go, make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download the fan sided app and get us there. You can also visit the website and uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you post game shows after each and every game. It gets you a mailbag show and a whole lot of fun stuff going on over there. Right, Mitch? Absolutely. We're going to do the mailbag, like you said, right after this. I'm just pulling it up now. We have 14 questions to get to. Um, So, yeah, let's go, baby. That's going to do it. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.